0: Until then, until we meet again, until that auspicious occasion, it is goodbye from my two time loop colleagues of such a lethal cunning, Helen death day, you'll never guess who it is, it's Helen O'Hara. Toodaloo. And it's goodbye from Dormammu, I've come to bargain, James Dyer. Hello, Chris. See, because that's, that's like, I'm that's doing very very good James. A that's that's funny, James. very clever. That's very, very clever indeed. <laughs> And it's goodbye uh, for me, Snooker Loopy, because that's the greatest loop of all. Do you know Snooker Loopy? What we do with a load of bulls and a snooker cue. <laughs> yeah. Snooker Loopy, Chas nuts are we. <laughs> me and you and them and me. Pot the reds and screw back for the yellow, green, brown, uh, blue, pink and black. Snooker Loopy, nuts are we. What is we're happening? Snooker, you know the l- more lyrics to that than anyone genuinely should. It was released as a single, wasn't it? It was a single. It did hmm. very, very well in the charts. Okay. Anyway, on that note, it is also goodbye from me. Uh, I am off now to punch Stephen Topolowski in the face. Nothing personal, Stephen. We love you and your work. Sneakers? Yes, please. However, I've got a sneaking suspicion it's my only way out this time loop, so I'm going to try and take it. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Bing. I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to a very special edition of the Empire Podcast, brought to you in association with Deathloop. Time loops. Love him or hate him, you can't ignore them. Damn it, I said ignore, not ignore, That's stupid. <laughs> Time loops. Love him or hate him, you can't ignore- oh, I said hake, <laughs> I said hake, stupid. Oh. Time loops. Love him or hate him you can't ignore them. Yes, I did it! Damn it! And so many of you have written in to ask us to talk about the greatest time loop movies of all time loop, that we thought we would do just that. So I have convened the pod team, my two colleagues of such lethal cunning. You okay there, Jimbo? I'm trying
1: Uh, to work out what's (laughs) happening.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Geek Queen, Helen O'Hara. Hello. And GBFN, our great big frickin' nurb. James Dyer Hello, I've come to bargain <laughs> <laughs> I see how that works out for you over the next hour or so Oh, my voice is gone <coughs> now, This isn't a bit this is I James can't work voice out out where, the, where the bit ends
2: and life begins
0: <laughs> <laughs> I see how that works out for you over the next hour or so Anyway guys, we should be pretty good at this by now Given that this is our 8,729th go at <laughs> recording this podcast The idea is simple You, the listeners, are caught in a time loop. (gasps) Oh no! You then have to relive the same day over and over again. And so to pass the time, you decide to watch the greatest time loop movies of all time in a loop. (gasps) And it's our job to program that loop for you and to find out what those movies are and to get the running order just right. Because you're going to be doing this for eternity. You're going to want to watch six or seven really, really great movies and just get the the set list, the set list just right. So each of us are going to nominate a couple of movies for consideration and inclusion on this list. And then we'll throw in some wild cards at the end. All right. So who's going to say Groundhog Day?
1: Groundhog Day! Groundhog Day! Bing! (laughs) Bing, 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 bing! I mean, I hate to be obvious, but also Groundhog Day! Come on. Uh, it's the daddy. It it's is the, daddy the daddy of them it all. It is the daddy of them all. Everything else tends to get described as Groundhog Day, but an action movie. Groundhog Day, but a horror. Groundhog Day, but a teen romance. And Groundhog Day is is just Groundhog Day. And what what's interesting actually about its format is I think there's a lot of game logic to a lot of these movies. You know, you die and then you you do it over again until you get it right. And it's there in Groundhog Day as well, but it because it, it feels so fundamentally unlike any kind of game, because it feels quite weirdly serious for a comedy, you don't notice any of that at all. It just feels like itself um, in a way that maybe none of the others do to quite the same extent. But it's, it's the single best Bill Murray performance ever. Come at me, Ghostbusters fans. It is um, a perfect, perfect depiction of small town life. It's a hilariously dark comedy. It's a hilariously romantic comedy. It's um, really moving and weirdly philosophical, and you know, uh, inspired one of the great musicals of the 21st century,
0: Hamilton. <gasps> Not Hamilton.
1: <laughs> and uh, sure, Hamilton too, probably.
0: Oh, you mean Groundhog Day the musical?
1: I did, but you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure Lin-Manuel's also seen Groundhog Day. I mean, they do I'm that pretty bit. Pretty sure in he the, has. They do that bit in Hamilton where they rewind and replay something from someone else's point of view. So they do. That's more Rashomon maybe, but you know, still. And ah, that's
0: from your point of view, Helen.
1: <laughs> that's not how I remember
0: it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm reading Great Expectations. What do you think of it? I didn't. <laughs> it wasn't what I hoped. <laughs> Love that guy. While we're on granddaddies
2: of this, like, where does the time loop originate on screen? Because obviously Groundhog Day is everyone's go-to. But Mm. I mean, I think there's a Twilight Zone episode from way, way, way back that does it. And there's definitely a Star Trek Next Generation episode cause and effect, which I think is... Because Groundhog Day is 93, isn't it? I think that one's maybe 91, 92. It was season five of Next Generation. Yeah, that'd
1: be about right.
2: Yeah, I'm curious. Where does the time loop originate? I don't know.
0: Well, it's interesting. I've gone to my good friend, uh, Wiki, Wikipedia, and they said that the first film featuring a time loop was in 1983. And it's a film called The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. Mm. And it's a Japanese science fiction film directed by Nobuhiko Obayashi. And it's based on a 1965 novel. So clearly, this is a concept that's been knocking around in in fiction, science fiction in particular, mm. uh, I guess, for, for a long, long time. But really, before Groundhog Day, there wasn't a lot of So there's a Groundhog Day, there's a film that comes out the same year as Groundhog Day called 1201. Every year? (laughs) And I don't know whether that was developed in response to Groundhog Day. Uh, It's called 1201 and it's about an office worker who's forced to relive the worst day of his life. But before Groundhog Day, there's really nothing. There's a... uh, 1984 f- uh, film, again, Japanese movie, called USA uh, Yatsura 2, Beautiful Dreamer. There's a 1987 Soviet two-part film called Mirror for a Hero, uh, in which the he- two heroes circle multiple times in 1949. I'm literally reading off Wikipedia here. And then there's a short film called 1201PM uh, that came out in 1990. And then we have 1201 no, which is directed mm. by Jack Shoulder, who's the director of The Hidden and Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and stars amongst his cast Jeremy Piven and Martin Landau. It was a TV mm-hmm. movie. Uh, so that came out in 1993 uh, and it came out in, I'm just trying to see when it came out, uh, July 5th, 1993, Groundhog Day was February 12th, 1993. So it, I, I don't think they could have got it off the ground that quickly in response to Groundhog Day, but it uh, feels like there was something in the water that year. Deep Impact, mm-hmm. Armageddon, two Robin Hoods, yeah. two time loop movies.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of kind of attempted, well, maybe spoilering, but or maybe bandwagon jumping, uh, to to put it slightly more nicely, going on. But isn't it, isn't it strange? And and I think, look, Grand Days' influence has been (laughs) has been rightly enormous because it is just, it's such a great movie. It's one of those movies you can watch every time it's on and still get something out of and I do think it is a comedy with heart and and with genuine weight to it like you can make a very I think cogent argument that that's a movie about the human condition and that's a movie about how to live a good life and what things give us meaning and how we should spend our time on Earth. I mean, there's there are genuine life lessons to be taken from Groundhog Day, which we mostly don't because we're laughing at the funny man. Well,
2: because mm-hmm. it's genuinely one of the best comedies ever made. Yeah. But it's also like, it's quite bleak as well. Isn't it? Mm. Ramus talked about this, that initially he was going to be in the loop for literal millennia. Like it was going to be yes. thousands of years and then presumably just go slightly mad as a result. And I think when they actually finally shot it, they kind of changed it. So he's been, I think there's some, the number in my head is like 30 years or something. Like it's a long time. It's not like a week. It's a long time he spends in there.
1: Yeah, I think I'd heard 10,000 days or something. Yeah. Is that right?
0: The Malcolm Gladwell thing. So, because yeah. he, he becomes like a super duper yeah. pianist man. Yeah. Yeah. Which I believe is a technical term. Yes, that is. <laughs> and that, that might be, that might be, need 10,000 days from scratch. That's
1: 10,000 hours is the Malcolm Gladwell thing.
0: Mm. Of course it is. 10,000 days would but be But he can't stupid. spend the whole day
2: playing the piano because he has to convince the piano teacher to teach him. He has to have that kid thrown out of his lesson. Sure. Uh, you know,
0: there's lots of stuff yeah. going on. So clearly I need to spend 10,000 hours remembering that it's 10,000 hours, not 10,000 days. <laughs> it's a bit
1: more achievable at least. And also, you know, not just the piano. He also learns how to ice sculpt. He learns how to speak French and to recite poetry in French while also getting to know all the people of the town
0: yeah yeah and uh there have been many many things written about Groundhog Day mm-hmm. over the years many treatises and the essays and uh and I think there are a bit of lectures about it as well because it it's one of those movies that through this the sheer genius of its concept it mm-hmm. can be all things to all people so it could be about a it could be about a man discovering that god exists if you want that or there could be there could be a buddhist interpretation of groundhog day if you want that or it could be about a man deciding that there is no god and that's how he moves on with his life uh I, you know it, it's it's one of those things it doesn't give any answers mm. at all so you can project whatever you want onto it you can interpret it in whatever way you want and it it works brilliantly but i think the the genius of groundhog day which was of course created by Danny Rubin. Uh, Harold Ramis worked on the screenplay with Danny Rubin, who's actually written a book about it. It's called How to Write Groundhog Day. I've read it. It's a really, really good Account of the making of Groundhog Day, which wasn't as easy as it may seem mm. <laughs> on screen. It feels like a very, very easy movie to watch. It wasn't an easy movie to make, uh, that is for sure. And partly, genius of Groundhog Day is that it's a wonderful spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. So you got all this really, really deep stuff, but as Helen says, you got this wonderful romantic comedy. I think perhaps, maybe, possibly, possibly, the Andy McDowell character might have more agency and more more to do in a different movie. We don't really get to know her. She's still seen, I think at the end of the movie, as something to be won, something to attain. But you have this wonderful comedy that is filled with these great supporting characters, Stephen Topolovsky, for example, as Ned Ryerson. Uh, And you just have this this wonderfully sweet rom-com, but also this wonderfully sweet Twist on Christmas Carol, also, where you know a, a fairly negative, fairly bad man learns to be a better person, hmm. but you have all these deeper themes underneath if you want to go there. I mean, you know, this movie is about the five stages of grief, and that's one of the great things about a lot of these time loop movies that they really do investigate, you know, the denial, the anger, the bargaining, the depression, and then the acceptance. That's basically. What all the protagonists of these movies go through, and you know, as time loop movies have have mutated and progressed, what's been interesting is how they, how the the directors and the writers work with that, and maybe drop their protagonists in at different stages along the way. Mm -hmm. With Groundhog Day, we we get to see the beginning, the middle, and the end. Yeah, but with something like Palm Springs or Boss Level, yeah.
2: We drop straight in. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's I mean it all it, it comes back to all these sort of spiritual ideas of, of time being a circle, isn't it? It's like the wheel of time turns, Helen. The wheel of time turns. And
1: ages come and pass.
2: That's right. All of this has happened before and all of this will happen again.
0: The Matrix is a time loop movie when you think about it. It is. Especially when there's a glitch in the Matrix because they change mm. something. The Matrix <gasps> is a time loop movie when you think about it. I can read to <laughs> joke mm, mm, mm. another 47 times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> promises, promises. <laughs>
0: Also,
2: baby Michael Shannon. I think we, can, we can't baby speak about terms. Baby Michael term.
1: Shannon. Baby I Michael know. Shannon going to WrestleMania. Oh, he's adorable. I love <laughs> yeah. Michael Shannon. I'm watching Nine Perfect Strangers at the moment. What a guy.
0: I presume he's in that. <laughs> yes, he is. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't like a non
2: sequitur. <laughs> Talon's not watching TV. She's literally watching Nine Perfect Strangers. It's so it's creepy. It's strange. Yeah, no, I've She's just living
1: got them in, in them the walls. corner, just it's, sort uh, of seeing uh, how they interact.
0: and one of them happens to be Michael Shannon. and I presume yeah. he's a perfect stranger because you haven't met him. Have you ever met Michael Shannon? I
1: passed him on the stairs once when he came in to do a, a web chat or a no, no. He came in <laughs> to do a podcast interview, but I was sadly not doing the interview.
0: So. James, does that count? If you pass someone and they still a perfect stranger to you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you to uh, adjudicate on this. Oh, uh,
2: I would say no. He's now a passing acquaintance, literally.
0: An
1: acquaintance. All right. So,
0: <laughs> sorry, Helen, he's disqualified from your foyeristic activities. Wait,
1: hang on, like, I'm sorry. If you walk past someone, that makes them an acquaintance. Well,
0: a passing acquaintance, because <laughs> you passed them and
2: I then they're a passing acquaintance. Means. Did you not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you make eye contact, Helen?
1: Don't think I did.
0: Oh, then, then maybe that doesn't count. Yeah. That's good, because if you made eye contact, you would have been married. Yeah. Wow. That's how these things work. Damn it. Mm. It's a betrothal. That's what I was told.
1: <laughs> and look at you anyway.
0: now. <laughs> now look at me. I'm married to eight million women. Um, anyway, <laughs> weird detour. Anyway, um, is Groundhog Day all this cracked up to be? Yeah, All right, because we're... we're, we're, we're well, Hear me out. Okay. Hear me sure, out. Sure, sure. So we're... we're this is, this is up for inclusion in the... Time Loop Hall of Fame mm. here, folks, all right? Just because it was the first doesn't mean it's the best. Just because it was the first doesn't mean it hasn't been surpassed or superseded by things that have come after. Yeah, but it so hasn't. So I'm going to th- say I love Groundhog Day. I think it's fantastic, but I don't think it's the best. <gasps> time loop movie. I mean, you're wrong. By, you're by super
1: wrong. Super I mean, wrong. I think,
0: I think it feels now just a little bit sedate, a little nope. bit. Absolutely not. A little bit gentle, 100% not. It's nope. gently funny rather than hilarious. Nope. I would say. I, look, nope. I
1: love Palm Springs too, but yeah, you, you it's not Patagonia. No, come on.
0: Not not saying Palm Springs. Not yes, saying you are. Palm Springs. Yes, you absolutely are.
1: You were definitely going
0: that way. I'm going to Palm Springs, <laughs> not the place. I'd love to go to Palm Springs. <laughs> I've been
1: to Palm Springs. <laughs> it's lovely. Yeah. Is
0: it really nice? Yeah,
1: very good. Yeah. Have you
0: ever been to Punxsutawney?
1: No, but I would like to go.
0: So would I. Office yeah.
2: outing. We should do a live podcast from Punxsutawney. We
0: should do absolutely on February second. Yeah, we should do that. Pongestonic—that's the thing that blows my mind as well. about mm. Groundhog Day, is it, It's a real thing. Mm. This is a real thing. It's a real thing. Real thing. A real thing. Mm. Mm. And
2: and Phil has been on Oprah, literal <laughs> Oprah.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm by that, Phil, you mean Phil the Groundhog? Phil, the Hog, Grandhog, not, Phil okay. not Phil
2: Connors. Yeah. Phil you the Groundhog Phil. Phil. Yeah. Okay. yeah, but Punk Stony Phil is kind of immortal because and shh, don't say this, like it's you know. But I, I suspect, I suspect, I'm coming to suspect what? that Phil the Immortal Groundhog is many different groundhogs, who, what? like the Doctor, like the Doctor. Like I think he goes through sort of a, a transfiguration. He yeah, he regenerates mm. and he becomes a
0: no. you know another groundhog. No, it's just 1,000-year-old like 1, 1, groundhog 1,000-year-old groundhog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every, year, every year it comes out, and because we can't hear it, we can't, we it. can't speak hmm. groundhog Ease. They're like, Phil, do you, do you see a shadow? And she just goes, let me die. <laughs> Please, <laughs> for the love of God, I beg you, every step is agony. I've seen all my loved ones die. You have no idea of the pain. I'm not at acceptance. Let's put it that way. Kill me. You're monsters. Kill me. Six more weeks of winter, everybody. <laughs> What's your favorite moment of Groundhog Day?
1: Oh. Uh, it might be punching Ned Ryerson.
0: Oh, that's but exactly the that moment. That is Which one? This- <laughs>
1: Any of them, and, and I, I, I love um, when he saves the kid falling from the tree, and he goes, "You have you never, never thanked, thanked me." me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a good point. Is is is? Uh, and this, I'm not saying this because I, I want it to be, you know, disqualified from the list. Is is there an issue with maybe all of these movies in that Phil Connors' pursuit of Rita is mm. a little creepy?
1: I don't think that. No. I mean, it, I think what it is, I think you're right that she's a little bit of a of an object to him,
0: bit of a cipher.
1: But at the same time, I think she's a better person than he is, and and the groundhog th-
0: is a better person. Yeah, than well, it's it's I a think nice that's off. also
1: true. But like, I think that she, um, the fact that she is a little bit more kind of clued up and a, and a bit more decent than him, and that he, that gives him a fixed point to work towards. You know, like he like she keeps turning him down in different ways. you know, it's not like he keeps falling at the same hurdle. She keeps kind of presenting him with new challenges and new riddles to solve. You know, he she likes French poetry. He learns French poetry. He thinks this is it. I've got it sussed now. But that isn't actually what she needs. That isn't actually what she's looking for. and 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 so he has to adjust and he has to learn something else, and he has to try something different. And ultimately, he has to be a better person. So I think that, She is not just an object to be won. She is also a kind of a, in a weird way, a guide to him. She's in a weird way his mentor. He has to make himself a better person to achieve this, yes, admittedly, slightly creepy goal he has of sleeping with her. But I don't think, (laughs) but I think that's secondary to the role she actually plays in the film. I think that her wide ranging interests and bullshit detector make her more than just Mm. a prize. In the in the sort of creepy sense,
2: she's like she, she I think she definitely starts out as a sort of lust object, you know, a step up from Nancy, if you will. Mm. Uh, but but she's like his lighthouse, isn't she? She's like the beacon. Yeah. Like he she's the sort of the the watermark whereby he sort of levels his personal growth. Like he's trying to become a better person, and she's the measure by which he kind of tries exactly. to work out what the kind of person that he needs to be. And it's only I think crucially at the end when he stops trying to get her. That he finally becomes the person that she would actually wants. accept, yeah. And
1: I think as well, like that, you're really right to bring up Nancy. And I think that one of the really good things Tim Minchin does is actually give Nancy a voice and give Nancy a song, which was well overdue because she is a she is an object in the movie. Does she make like chipmunk like sounds really, in the musical? Oh, pal, no, she does not. Um, but uh, but yeah, but I think Rita fills a different purpose, and also Rita is the one he tells about his situation and who actually gives him good advice, like specifically good advice, not just a good example. She specifically guides him through. So I think she Mm. almost is the kind of Obi-Wan role rather than just the Leia in A New Hope role.
2: So you're saying if Luke had been trying to shag Obi-Wan, then that would be a closer analogy to what Groundhog Day became?
1: I'm uncomfortable, but sure.
2: (laughs) Right.
0: That's no moon. I think I read somewhere, probably in the Danny Rubin book, that at one point there was, uh, under consideration, a storyline that Rita would also be trapped in a time loop. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I read that too.
0: Yeah, they were both going
2: to be trapped. Which is interesting, because then, then, then you have something closer to Palm Springs or Map of Tiny mm-hmm. Perfect Things, where you've got a pair of people sort of navigating a relationship
0: within a time loop, which is an interesting dynamic. I'm glad they didn't do that, though. Yeah. Although I hope he gets trapped in a time loop immediately the next day, <laughs> It's just like <laughs> it just it just happens to be that room. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I I think you're right. I think by the end of it, his objective is actually not to sleep with Rita, and he genuinely has fallen in love with her, and um, he genuinely has become a better person. But uh, yeah, I listen. Groundhog Day is incredible. Uh, it's the urtext text of of these movies. What's interesting about it? That's in. That's in. Okay, it's made the lineup. Yeah. What we'll do at the end is decide where it comes in the viewing order. Sure. So that's it. That is safe. That's in the bank. What's interesting about it, and again I'm going to go back to my good friend Wiki uh, here for just this fairly comprehensive list of time loop movies, is that for all Groundhog Day's success at the time in 1993, it took a long, long time for a properly serious go at making another time loop movie. Yeah. There were a couple of time loop movies that came afterwards, but they were Generally, smaller affairs or rubbish. It wasn't until Christopher Smith's Triangle in two thousand and nine, which is this weird, mind-bending horror film set on a boat, that time loop really became a thing again. And that's that's interesting to me. Like you, you would think that we'd be inundated with lots of imitators. I guess Multiplicity is an attempt Maybe. by Harold Ramis to do something long, similar high-concept grounds, but. Time loops remained kind of off limits.
1: I think Groundhog Day just cast a really long shadow, and I think people were <laughs> hey, uh, and I think people were wary of, you know, being seen to attempt to do that. So I think it was only when people started to come up with different spins on it, and move slightly away from Groundhog Day as a model, or either in genre or in terms of the way it was played, that it kind of comes back into effect. So I mean, arguably, like something like donnie darko has a little bit of time loopiness in it something like i would argue weirdly inside lowen davis is kind of a time loop movie something like source code is a bit closer yeah. to the groundhog day but it's in a mm-hmm. completely different genre mm-hmm. you know so all of them are kind of moving away from the strict setup and i think it's only recently and this is what nearly 30 years later that we're getting something closer to the groundhog day model with, you know, Map of Tiny Perfect Things, or even Pam Springs. And even those spin on the concept and spin on the, on the format mm, quite a
2: little bit. It's the, it's the repetition, isn't it? Because mm. lots of films are played with sort of circular timelines, Donnie Darko in particular, where the end is the beginning is the end. Um, but, but yeah, it's the, it's the idea
0: of, of learning through repetition.
1: Yeah. Or not learning in the case of Lewin Davis.
0: <laughs> or not learning. <laughs> okay, so Helen has suggested Groundhog Day. It has been accepted. Jimbo, do you have a film you want to lobby for?
2: I would lobby for the film formerly known as Edge of Tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, I genuinely, at this stage, don't really know what that film is called. (laughs) because it's had so many title changes so this is the film that began life as all you need is kill uh became edge of tomorrow then became live die repeat and last time i checked was edge of tomorrow live die repeat (laughs) though at this point i really couldn't tell you so let's just say there was a film once made by doug lyman with tom cruise in it and emily blunt and it fit this format and it Uh, was good and and it was good and it involved aliens and it involved emily blunt being the most badass warrior in existence which is an awesome role to play yeah it's 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 i mean i'm i'm a sucker for kind of science fiction films generally and uh and this kind of alien threat with a temporal tweak to it i think is great mm. In particular, I love the idea of Cruz kind of being on the back foot in this. Like he's not this sort of badass warrior saving the world, or which is often the case. Like whether it be sort of physical prowess or mental prowess, there's all, always a sense that the person in the time loop has some kind of. There's a sort of a oh, superhuman isn't the word, but you know what I mean. Like there's a there's a central competence there which they kind of bring to bear, and I think that he gets very much overshadowed by Emily Blunt's character in this case, and it's it's through her that he's able to kind of to see this out but yeah i think this is a great film i think it's a smart film i also like the idea having seen all these mission impossible movies that you simply cannot kill tom cruise uh, he is unkillable <laughs> he will always come back uh yes i think i think this is this is this is definitely not the best time
0: loop movie but he's definitely one of my favorites see this is where i'm going to disagree with you this is the best time loop movie. it's not groundhog day that is correct it's not groundhog day but groundhog day is not the best time there time are far loop. fewer Whoa. groundhogs in this film I, again you have you, you have identified a correct feature of the film <laughs> there, are, there are no groundhog day there's no groundhog day in the movie and there's no groundhog in the movie uh, however the groundhog is Tom Cruise I uh, know I think this movie is tremendous and I think one of the strengths of this movie is how it gets better every time I watch it and I watch it a lot <laughs> maybe because I'm in a loop when it first came out I thought it was uh, a, a very, very good, very, very solid entry. I was going to say in this, in this sort of sub genre. Mm-hmm. As we've established, yeah. there aren't that many uh, entries in it. But I thought it was a, it was a wonderful twist on it. I thought it, it did really, really well to subvert our expectations about what Tom Cruise is. Yeah. Because quite frankly, at the beginning of the movie, he plays a callow coward of a man yeah. who resorts to blackmail in an attempt to get out of fighting on the uh, <laughs> the, the the front against this alien threat. And uh, the, the, there's a tremendous amount of pleasure, I think. This is the movie that can be enjoyed by Tom Cruise fans, of which I am one, mm. and people who are perhaps more Haters. ambivalent about yeah. Tom Cruise. Uh, and there are some out there because Tom Cruise dies in this movie a lot. Yeah. And it is completely atypical for him in many, many ways. There's a bit my I watch this with my wife quite a bit, and there's a bit the first time she watched this, there's a bit where he rolls under a truck. He's trying to time his getaway mm. just right so he can go and meet Rita Frataski, played of course by Emily Blunt and named Yes after Andy McDowell's character from Groundhog Day and he is trying to time it just right. He gets it completely and utterly wrong. The truck runs over him, and Tom Cruise emits the most un-Tom Cruise-like <laughs> squeal of pain as he gets killed. <laughs> and Bill Paxton, and this all off camera, it's all shot, you, know, you you see him roll off, then the, the camera pans, <laughs> you hear the truck running over him, the squeal of pain, and then the great Bill Paxton going, just <laughs> one, what did you just do? And it's hilarious. Yeah. And then as he gets, I, I, I yeah, Initially I thought as it goes a little bit more towards the formula and as he begins to learn a little bit more about what he's doing, then first time around I thought, okay, now it's going to be, it's a bit more formulaic, it feels a bit more conventional. But each subsequent viewing of it, it feels deeper, it feels more emotional, it feels right, it feels like everything moves logically as it should. Uh, The characters work tremendously for me. Uh, I think for me, amazing action sequences. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's the best of, of it's the best of this of this bunch for me.
2: I'm with you, and I think having having um, well, not then being I'm still with Groundhog Day being the best, but I'm with you yeah. on this being brilliant. And I love the fact mm. that it's able to do what Groundhog Day does less of, which is lean into the wily e. coyote kind of aspect of it, which is that when you have a protagonist who cannot die, you can keep killing them in weird and wonderful and entertaining ways, and it's properly funny yeah and i think also with these like sometimes the action versions of these it's about discovery isn't it like happy death day is about discovery it's unraveling a mystery a piece at a time with each cycle whereas something like groundhog day it's about emotional growth and character growth and learning and this kind of straddles a bit of both it's 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 uncovering a mystery it's finding out information but he's also making that transition from kind of coward to courageous soldier Mm. uh so you get the best of both worlds there which is nice
1: that is true. Yeah, I will give it the credit for that. And I do think, I agree with you completely, Chris, that it gets better with every single viewing, but so does Groundhog Day. So, yeah. you know, I think that there's repeatability in, in many of these movies, actually, uh, or certainly the no, best of these movies. I, I think I'm at
0: denial with Groundhog Day, but I'm at acceptance <laughs> with, with Edge of Tomorrow. It's it's so great, the way that the tone shifts as well. And again, this is a movie that was not easy to make. There's a, there's a making of documentary, I think it was on one of the, the Blu-rays. You know, they were kind of just... Not making it up as they went, but they were because of the way the Doug Lyman works and because of, you know, the the writing team that he had on there. So Chris Macquarie was one of the writers. I think Jez Butterworth was another one of the writers. There were a number of writers on this, and they were filming it almost piecemeal style. And I I think on the documentary there's a there's a bit where either Lyman or Cruz had a green screen made up in their editing room. So Mm -hmm. they could literally just, all right, Tom, come in here and then stand against the green screen and now make that face. Okay. Now that's, I'm going to do something with that, but I'm not quite sure what it is yet. And so when you see that and you know how it was made, it's a miracle that it works as well as it does.
1: Which Mm -hmm. is weird because one of the advantages from a filmmaking point of view of doing a time loop movie should be that you have a finite number of you know, sets and scenes that you need to worry about and you just do variations on those. And, and this one gets bigger and wider and throws more stuff, stuff at it as it goes. So they're kind of throwing away one of their you know, ways to cap the budget there a little bit, seems, seems to me. Of course, this was not the first story where the time loop was reset by our hero's death. Um that is, of course, Supernatural's Mystery Spot, which came oh out God, six years we before. Coming. Here we it had, go. It, it I knew had this to. Was it had to. Obviously, that's not counting because it's a TV episode. But that is a, a story where Sam and Dean Winchester go to investigate a place called the Mystery Spot, and every day Dean dies, I've and Sam is thrown back to the start of the previous day. Mm. And no matter what he does, he cannot stop his brother dying horribly in front of him, over and over and over and over again it's it's genuinely quite upsetting and also hilarious um mostly hilarious but they're a little bit of upset as well and yeah, they have to figure out who or what spoiler who is causing it
2: mm. i mean if we're going to stray into pilot tv territory uh there are a few <laughs> others i'd probably mention there's the x-files episode monday which is the one where Mulder gets killed again and again during a kind of bank heist type thing and it's up to the the the, the, the there's a uh, another character a woman she's the one who is the only one who realises it's looping and it's up to her to kind of break the loop. That's quite a good one. There are loads. There's a Xena one. Uh, I think there's a... a, 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 Did a magician do it? (laughs) Almost certainly. Well, there's one in The Magicians, in fact, as well. Um, And uh, there's the Buffy episode as well. Life serial from season six. That's a timely one. And also, if we're talking about Buffy, Eliza Dushko did that TV series, True Calling, which was all about essentially living days over and over again. Um, in fact, Tay Dix mm. had a series. Oh, God, what was it called? He had a series which was literally based on this entire concept. Uh, Daybreak. It was Daybreak, and the entire series is kind of a loop type thing. Uh, but there have mm. been a couple of Star Trek. There was a really good one, uh, Star Trek Discovery, the one where Harry Mudd is trying to find out more about Discovery. So they're in a time loop there so that he can sort of get the lowdown on the ship. That's quite a fun one. It's one of the more comedic episodes of Discovery. Um, but yeah, I mean, TV shows have done, I think the Mindy Project has done one as well, actually, at one point. I don't watch that show, but I think there is one. And then Russian Doll on Netflix where the whole series yeah. with yes. uh, Natasha Lyonne with the whole series is just her repeating that day over and over
0: again. Well, The Good Place did one. The Good Place did a great one um, in its second season called Dance Dance Resolution, where oh Ted Danson's character has yes. to reboot the neighborhood. Yes, like hundreds upon yeah, hundreds or something. Yeah, And that's the one where they first introduce the the uh, the idea that Eleanor and G D might actually you know fall for each other because they, they fall for each other in one of the uh, the reboots. Uh, and to pack all that into like twenty two minutes of a sitcom, and be funny, you know, and have all these different variations, then yeah, great stuff. Mm-hmm. Is Loki a time loop thing?
1: no i don't think
2: it's a loop it's a resetting of a timeline isn't it more than a okay a yeah a loop all right there's a stargate sg1 episode that has a loop though i think and which you will of course both
0: seen
1: of course <laughs> mm, love a bit of sg1 <laughs> window of opportunity SG1 from, from season
0: four mm. All right. So that's, uh, that's it. Edge of Tomorrow is in. Yes. It's Ooh, in yes. our little good. lineup. It's a nice genre mix here. This is a nice genre yep. mix. I'm, yeah. I'm liking yeah. this. I'm with uh, it. Uh, it is now up to me to nominate a film for consideration. And uh, that film, because James took Edge of Tomorrow from me, he swooped in I'm and sorry. stole it from me, is Palm Springs, Palm
1: Springs. which Palm Springs. came out
0: this year. And, uh, is yes, I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna be controversial. Another movie that manages to stand on the shoulders of Groundhog Day, oh, what it are you pays doing? homage and nods uh, to what came before and then improves upon You're it. A terrible uh, human. It is a funnier film than, oh. than Groundhog Day, it is a slicker, get out, faster, fresher, funkier version of Groundhog Day, and um, yeah, I fell head over heels for it when I saw it earlier on this year. Uh, in case you don't know what it is, it is a rom-com essentially in which Andy Samberg when we joined the film he has been living in this loop for a long time and he is very much at the well, what would you say he's at? The depression stage yeah. of things or he's just he's given up. Yeah. Essentially, and he's, he's just, had enough. He's decided that there's no way out of this loop. Then he inadvertently, because the loop is explained in this movie, he inadvertently uh, brings Kristen Miliotti's character into the loop as well. So we, we see everything taking place essentially through her, her eyes and the two of them bond. And, uh, it goes into unexpected directions, not least of which is the revelation that there's another person trapped in the loop as well. Uh, which is, which makes it very, very funny and very off kilter. But yeah, it just clicked with me. Uh, I absolutely adore this movie. I think it's uh, it's it's very, very good.
2: I will grant you that Groundhog Mm -hmm. Day would be improved had Phil Connors at one
0: point been shot with a bow by J.K. Simmons. I will give you that. Yes.
1: Yeah. Fair. Okay.
0: Yes. Yes, but uh, do you? Are you are you opposed to Palm Springs? Yes, no, it's remember great. remember you guys loving it. Also, yeah, it's a brilliant film. It. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. brilliant film. It's just not as good as Groundhog Day or Edward Tomorrow, for that matter.
2: But it's uh, it is very very good indeed. I think it's I think it's a lot of fun, uh, and it goes and it's more unexpected, I think, than those sometimes. Mm. Like it, I think it wrong foots you more than those films do.
1: Yeah, and I think it's clever that we you know we come at it through her eyes, and she has to learn about the mm. loop from him, but he is. Kind of, kind of wasting his time in a way that maybe Phil didn't ultimately, because because he doesn't have uh, an Andy McDowell to kind of aspire towards. He doesn't have anything driving him. He's just sort of settled into floating in a pool, drinking a beer. And I think he needs somebody to kick him out of literally a rut. So uh, I think it was quite a clever way to set up the movie, and also the fact that it only gradually becomes clear. You know, who is repeating the day and who is still stuck, you know, who's still going through it for the first time.
0: By the way, spoilers for Palm Springs and Edge of Tomorrow and Groundhog Day
2: and all these movies. <laughs> but spoilers. We, um, yes. But this is also an interesting one because the source of the time loop is something that we come to understand quite early on. And that's something that's rarely tackled in these films, mm. isn't it? Why it's happening. I mean, I guess you yes. don't know why, why, but you at least know, you know, what, what, the, what the thing that powering it is.
1: Yes. Well, Edge of Tomorrow, I guess you do too.
0: Yeah, but it's, it's nonsense in Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> it. nonsense Me, it's nonsense
1: here as well. Yeah. It's a magic cave. <laughs> I, I,
0: yeah, it's true. It's true. I love Groundhog Day. basically just goes, and uh, he's in a time loop. Yeah. And we'll never explain why. It's because and then he gets out of
2: Groundhog it. Phil is Dormammu. That's why. Dormammu, we've come to bargain. Indeed. Indeed. Phil the Groundhog, we've come to bargain.
0: <laughs> all right. So no objections? Palms brings us on the list. None no whatsoever. objections at all. Okay. So I think we have named the three Biggies. pillars, the holy mm. trinity, if you will, of time loop movies. But it's time to go for another choice. Helen, what would you put up for consideration?
1: Mm. Honestly, I'm tempted to put up something really recent. I really enjoyed Boss Level. I thought it was yeah. immensely good fun. So um, this one very much more draws from kind of video game logic. I mean, literally to its title, obviously, but uh, but it is very much about learning to win fights, learning to navigate danger, learning to duck, you know, missiles dodge, from dip, helicopters. Dodge,
0: dive, dive and dodge. And dodge. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> um,
1: but it's also just, it has a sense of its own ridiculousness. It has a sense of fun and... Um, it has Frank Grillo being a leading man for once, which I don't think mm. we get to see quite often enough, actually, because I think he's really, really charismatic. So, uh, yeah, I had a really good time.
2: Not to mention ripped beyond the capacity for mortal man to attain.
1: Oh, was he? I didn't notice <laughs> when he took his shirt off. <laughs> My
2: goodness. He took his shirt off quite a lot I mean, in that yes. Really,
1: he did he? Oh, did he not if, you, if you had pecs
0: like his, you would too. <laughs> I would not own any shirts if I looked like Frank Grillo. He is. <laughs> And I said this on the regular podcast, I know, but he is 56 years old. It's he is nuts. a very
1: handsome man. It's true. But um, but yeah, it's also like it is genuinely a, a really good fun film. And I know I've said this before and I'm repeating myself, but I don't care. It It is yet more proof that you can make a great video game movie as long as you don't base it on an actual video game.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really liked Boss Level. I felt that the script maybe could have done with one more pass. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. And the all the emotional stuff is plugged in a little bit too late for me. It's fun. It's really interesting because it starts off with that that very much that video game dynamic, doesn't it? Where it's yeah, it's um his character versus another character, and then it kind of just ditches that. And I you know, but it it, it made me laugh a lot. It's got great action scenes and. Uh, and Frank Grillo's hair is just something, to <laughs> oh, something, something else. But this that? is an interesting one because this is all
2: action and learning. I wouldn't say there's a great deal of character growth in this particular film. Like he pretty much ends where he began, uh, just having died a great many times. I think he kind of knows what he wants and who he wants to be when we join him. Although we do join him in media res, like he's been it's like seventy attempts in. I think when we when we join him in this. But what I like yeah. about this is it's got great action, like really properly great action. And it has a massive sense of fun. Like It's got a great sense of humour. Some of the lines in it are just fucking hilarious. He's having the time of his life. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, I, I, I thought this was much, much, much more fun than I really
0: expected it to be. Yeah. You guys are obviously huge geeks and you know an awful lot about time trousers and the trousers of time and, mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. I'm wearing so the trousers yeah. of time right now. <laughs> yeah. So does this stuff naturally appeal to you? Maybe, you know, for example, Back to the Future. The Back to the Future movies aren't technically time loop movies, but there are loops within them. Mm. You know, for example, at the end of Back to the Future Part Two. Oh, yeah, you know we have yeah. we have a couple of Marty's knocking around, and so as one Marty leaves to go back to nineteen eighty five, the other Marty runs around and then sets in motion the offense that will. This is nineteen fifty five. It sets in motion the offense that will take them back to eighteen eighty five. So does that stuff count for you, or or do paradoxes and things like that? Do they distract you?
2: I don't think it's. it's I mean, not as a, not in a time loop capacity. I think what almost sets this genre apart is they're closed loops where mm-hmm. there are no consequences, which is the opposite of something like you know the the, the non-trousers of time, but the sort of linear timeline time travel model where what you do in the past affects your. Your past, which is then the future. Anyway, gets confused. So the
1: back to the future model.
2: Indeed, yeah. yeah. Whereas this is, it happens in a closed loop. So anything that happens within what happens in a time loop stays in a time loop, is I guess what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> yeah, un- unless and until the loop collapses. Until so that's, the loop collapses, yeah. That's what, you know, in some of them, they're sort of aware that there could be an end coming and that they have to get things right before an end. But mm. usually it's kind of infinite until some randomly appointed end comes. Look, the thing about time travel movies is pretty much none of them make any sense. This is why we had four hours talking about uh, Endgame. It's why they call Back to the Future, you know, wrong uh, it just like none of it makes any sense exists. because the thing is time travel <laughs> is also space travel like we yeah. are on a rotating planet that is moving around a sun that is also moving through space mm. you know at thousands of miles an hour if you were to go back to a different time you're not traveling through time you're you also traveling through space it is it doesn't make a lot yeah. of sense
0: and time and isn't constant it's and relative and
1: rose and bridges make a little bit more sense but time travel as we see it in the movies makes almost mm. none
0: no so if you were to travel back in time to say 19 – yeah, say I wanted to see my parents get married, right? So right. I wanted to you know, go back uh, – I think they got married in 1959, my parents. So say I wanted to do that, and I had the ability to travel through time. What you're saying is I there's a very good possibility that not only would I not be on Earth when I materialised in 1959, mm. I might be in the vacuum of space. Well, you probably yeah. would be, because obviously the Earth moves through the space, moved, yeah. so yeah. it wouldn't be in the same place. <laughs> so that would that would suck yeah
1: it really would so you you're assuming that i guess that time travel you know is affected by gravity wells and so we're somehow pulled back to the earth you know and there's some kind of weird thing but like i like i'm not a physicist again i'd like to preface this but you you are talking about quite a lot of space travel as well as time travel and it doesn't make almost any sense uh so it, you know i think this this is one of those things like teleportation where science mm. is like it's a cool idea guys you're having some fun with it but seriously though no
2: no helen i've i've seen event horizon and i've had it dr william weir explained very clearly with the folded paper and the pen i know how teleportation works
0: <laughs>
1: that's not teleportation though is it that's the nine that's sign a bridge it is yeah
2: yeah,
0: yeah. folding okay. space yeah, you know, this is exactly the sort of thing that time travelers would say. Time travelers who didn't want me to know that they were time travelers. <laughs> no comment. Mm, very suspicious. All right. So, are we are we admitting boss level? Is boss level in? Is there any objection to boss level? I have no objection to boss level on account of it being great.
1: I could I could object to some of the supporting cast, but I'm, it feels mean. So I'm just. Not I am boss bother.
2: level, and I have done this. <laughs>
0: Yes, yes. Uh good point, good point. Hey, here's an idea for a movie. Sure. Guy goes back in time, travels back in time to his own parents' wedding, and objects. Oh. Therefore making sure that he's never born.
1: Well, so we're into the grandfather paradox now, are we? Well it mm. depends if we're going endgame rules or about the future rules, don't it? Cause if you're never born, you can't travel back in time to object to your parents' wedding. So they get married, so you are born, so then you can travel back in time to object to your parents' wedding. So then, that would be a different then timeline, you're not born. It? Well, it depends on which rules we're, we're using. Terminator two or any of the Terminator sequels after that. Doesn't it it, it depends?
0: Which came first? The chicken or the egg? The egg. Hmm. Suspicious.
1: Because of mutation.
0: All right, so boss level's in. Boss, boss level, level is, is in. in. Jimbo. Okay, so I'm also
2: going to go with quite a recent one. It may be more of an outlier for this, but I am going to go for the map of tiny perfect things uh, because Aww. I am at heart a teenage girl and I do love me some teen movies. And there's just something very, very sweet about this film. I thought it was lovely. And I think part of it is it takes that that dynamic, that idea that he's repeating kyle allen he's, he's repeating the day but the fact that he sees Catherine newton's character and he realizes that she's also unstuck and then she vanishes and it's it's part then him trying to find her because she has no interest in living her day with him at first so she doesn't want anything to do with him she's doing her own thing which we as the film goes on understand why but i love the idea that for him and for her it's about understanding the reason for it like what it is and because as you know one might say it's quite a male-centric thing he obviously thinks the whole film is about him most of the way through until he realizes it's actually not all about him at all it's actually about someone else and it's when he starts to understand what that is and who she is uh, and what her show we a particular issue is i think the film comes into its own also i love that this is quite whimsical like it's all about just seeing cool things and the idea of they just want to have a perfect day. Like they tried to create a perfect day that maybe that will, I mean, why they thought that would end the loop, I have absolutely no idea. But i like They'd that. idea. They'd obviously seeing
1: Grindhog Day. They'd obviously
2: sing that we're going to have a perfect day and they just try and find perfect moments within this repetition. They're searching mm. for these perfect moments. And I think there's something just very, very sweet about this mm. film. I, I Yeah, I, I enjoy it a lot and I think it's lovely.
1: Yeah, I, f- I feel like that's there is no reason for them to think that, but I think it's lovely that they do. And you have to, there is almost a sense of, I don't know, a higher power or some angelic inspiration or something that they would come up with that as a way Mm. out of their loop. Like it doesn't make a lick of sense in (laughs) any, (laughs) in any respect otherwise. But you know, the fact that they come up with this is um, yeah, is sort of good.
0: I really like this movie as well. Uh, it came out weirdly enough just before Palm Springs because Palm Springs took ages to come out here in the UK, as did indeed did Boss Level. Yeah. Boss Level took nearly a year to come out here. But I really did like the map of Tiny Perfect Things. And I think, I can't quite remember, but I think it does directly reference Groundhog Day. Like they talk about oh, yeah, Groundhog they do. Day. Yeah. 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 Okay. Which so that's interesting because Palm Springs doesn't. Mm. When I interviewed the director, Max Barbacau and the writer, Andy Ciara, they said that they had considered it at some point, but they have that line in there where Andy Sandberg says to Christopher Miliotti's character, Oh, it's one of those infinite time loop situations. So it's kind of nodding to Groundhog Day mm. without actually saying the yeah. words Groundhog
2: Day. Yeah. But I like that the Map of Tiny Perfect Things name checks Groundhog Day because Groundhog Day has become synonymous with this device with this subgenre. And mm. I think it's nice. And of course, you know, their kids obviously the film is to extent a little bit before their time, but they'd still be aware of it, on account of it being the
0: greatest time lit movie ever made.
2: And <laughs> uh, you know, they'd clearly have seen it. And I think it's mad that Andy
0: Sandberg wouldn't yeah. have seen it. So I think he's seen it, he's just too hip to actually reference it. <laughs> it's like he, he, he I'll say one of those infinite time situations you know the deal. You know the movie hmm. I'm referencing I don't need to say it. Yeah. But also the it's easier to reference Groundhog Day because everyone can agree that's what it's called. It's you know it's, it's like Edge of Tomorrow, what's Edge of Tomorrow? Oh, you mean Live Die Repeat and then <laughs> add infinite. Uh all right, because there's three of us. I say majority rules uh, upon admission to the Time loop movie Hall of Fame. Mm. So, uh, all those in favor of the map of Tiny Perfect Things, say aye. aye, aye. All right, okay. Screw it. Three. Uh, <laughs> so we're in. So we've one more place mm. confirmed. We may, uh, we may, have made a couple of other ones as well. It falls to me now. Uh, and I honestly, guys, I don't. This is so tricky because there are movies that are t- that involve loops and involve time travel, but I don't think are time loop movies. So, Ryan Johnson's Looper isn't no. a timeless no, movie no, in the sense the title. we're discussing it. Mm. Yeah. Predestination, the Spirit Brothers Predestination, which is a fantastic mind-bending movie. I'm also sure, not sure that that mm. really fits the bill, but it's really, really great. You should check it out. I don't
2: mm. think The Endless does either, because The Endless has time loops within it, but it's not about
0: a singular time loop. I I thought you were going to suggest The Endless. When you said the map of Tiny Perfect Things, you surprised me.
2: Yeah, I do. I love The Endless, but I just, I'm not sure, because the central narrative isn't tied to a specific, like they're not stuck in a repeating loop. Things repeat within it, and the fact that their previous film also repeats within it just blows my absolute mind. But yeah, it's more about the entity kind of feasting on the suffering of people, isn't it? And like you said, people reliving their deaths over and over again, and this entity kind of forcing them to do so. But yeah, I I just, in my head, I just thought, I'm kind of going to disqualify this. I feel at this point it's up to us to pick one of Christopher
0: Landon's Death Day movies, isn't it?
2: Like a, a, a Happy Death Day presumably should be in
0: discussion. Well, that's what I'm going to. That's what I'm going to throw in, and uh, and I almost feel like I should throw them both in as a package deal. Yeah, maybe Happy yeah. Death Day and Happy Death Day to, to you. you because they are really fun, really inventive slasher flicks that also are time loop movies. Mm. And Jessica Roth in the lead role in both of those films is sensationally good. and uh, They're great kills, they're funny, and they work very well as a package. Happy Mm -hmm. Death Day to You is one of those rare sequels that really builds upon what came before and has such fun. A bit like um, Insidious Chapter 2 has a little bit of time travel shenanigans mm. going on in it as well and it, it's just madness compared to well Insidious chapter 1 is pretty mad as well but <laughs> Insidious chapter 2 is just bonkers and happy death day to you by extending mm. the time loop and now mm. bringing in other characters as well uh really really goes down some some really funny and entertaining Tourism. And
2: they also managed to do something which not enough horror films manage, which is to get a truly iconic, like the baby-faced killer. Mm. Like that feels, not quite scream level, but it feels like a properly iconic, you know, slasher villain that kind of will stick with you.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think as well, like it's 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 a, a clever blending of the sort of, uh, you know, mystery solving elements of time loop, you mm. know, figuring out how to survive, but also the kind of the action Avoiding the the specific slash of the knife kind of thing as well, so I think it's a it's a nice kind of use of the format in that way. Mm.
0: I know Christopher Land has been talking about trying to do a Happy Death Day three, and at one point I know Freaky didn't do that well the box office mm. because of the pandemic, and, mm. and that's that's, a shame. that's hugely painful yeah. to me, and I imagine more painful to him because there was talk of somehow making Freaky and Happy Death Day collide. Uh, and nuts. you can see how that might have worked as well. Yeah. A body swap movie within a time loop would be really, <laughs> really fun. Uh, and there's lots of there's lots of ways you can exploit this. Uh, but if they can bring somehow Happy Death Day 3 to to bear, then I would be very, very happy indeed. I'm going to throw them both in. Are we, uh, how how do we feel it. about that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. So both Happy Death Days are in. That means we now have seven movies in our time loop binge-a-thon. Um, so it's almost time to talk about the running order of this thing. Mm-hmm. But is there another one? Is there one more that you want to throw into the bargain? Source code is very good. Mm-hmm. Are we going to throw source code it's in? Decent. It's I decent. I didn't
1: love it and I don't know why.
2: It doesn't tap into the emotions. I, I had a mm-hmm. kind of a cold, detached experience with source code. As in, I liked it, but it didn't really make me feel anything.
1: Yeah, I think that's maybe my issue as well. Yeah,
0: so I could probably okay. live without it in this particular. All right, the case. majority rules. Hmm. Source code is out, uh, but but Doctor Strange, which isn't a time loop movie, but has a really fun yes time loop sequence in it at the end.
2: I think I think Dormammu would agree that it is definitely worthy of watching. However, it's not a time loop movie, so I think it is disqualified on a technicality for being a movie that contains a small time loop, but it's not <laughs> in fact a time loop movie. Uh, although if we all have the eye of Agamotto, I think all of these. Uh, Plots could be unraveled quite easily, which would be handy. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, th- I think Deja Vu is somewhat similar. It, it feels like there's not enough looping in Deja Vu. Also, it feels like, you know, we've got a couple of run throughs, but not endless retakes. It feels like maybe I'm miscounting and misremembering, but it hasn't stuck in my head the same way.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children also has a time loop element mm. in it as well, because they're literally in a time loop. Uh, they're on the same day, reliving it over and over again, but they don't realize that uh, until uh, until towards the end of the movie, so that they all yeah. don't get killed. Um, so that's a good movie. I gave it three stars for Empire, but I enjoyed it. It's a you know it's a a, a better later Tim Tim Burton effort, I would say. So I'm happy with the seven we have. I think all so Great too. films. Now it is time to figure out the order in which our time looped audience watches them. Mm. So you can't start with Groundhog Day. Oh, you see, because I otherwise would. you set the bar too high
1: i think i might because of what chris says about other things being faster i think maybe you do start with grand Dame. i mean chronological order is is hard are we to assuming these sometimes? people in
2: this time loop who are watching have never seen them before like, oh, no, how i think we? we're
1: assuming they're, they're they're watching them all over and over <laughs> <Yeah>. and over <laughs> but and but over like again for the
2: first loop the first loop here so you you you, you want the texture so it needs to go through nicely for repeat viewing because they're going to be watching them an infinite number of times, so that's quite a lot. But also, like, are we assuming that when they first go in, the first time they do it, that maybe they haven't
0: seen them? Do we think they have seen them? This is, this is important palate-cleansing information. I think it's different for everybody, but what is common to everybody is that they will have seen them Yes. Millions, of times millions, times of the <laughs> Before
2: they, while they gradually yeah. go
0: insane over millennia. So yeah. So what we have to do is, I don't think we have to be mindful necessarily of things like, oh, we can't put Groundhog Day fifth because it's referenced in the map, in of, map, of, map of tiny of okay, things. Fine. Okay, fine. I don't think we have to worry about that because okay. you know by, oh, okay. the, by even we your third time too. round, fine. Yeah. So we have to think of it as in terms of a you know the the peaks and troughs, mm. a sort of a, an entertainment valley, if you will. So we need to figure out how that's going to work. So. You know, Groundhog Day is a is a lovely, lovely start to it. Um, but I, I wonder if you want to be. I wonder if you want to start with something that that's a little bit more. I don't know. This boss level. I don't know. Is, is boss level a good start to the start day? With or? A bang.
2: I, li- I like. I yeah. like the dropping you right in the midst of it with no setup whatsoever. That's quite a boss level way to begin this viewing program. So yeah. 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 Okay.
0: So boss level. Um, all right, this is, a stra- this is a strange start, but okay. We're going for boss level. So we have boss level, and then we have and then we, what do you think's next? Do we want to do we want something that do you want to map it tiny perfect thing Yeah, next? I I like yeah. the, I like the massive change of tonal gear shift. There. Yeah. yeah, absolute yeah. Compl- couldn't be more different shift. Did you guys ever do this when you were doing mixtapes either for yourselves or for, you know, for a, 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 you know, someone you were trying to impress perhaps? What mm-hmm. go from a power ballad to thrash metal.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> 100% I did. did. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, and I uh, inspired by my friend Dave. Uh, he, who was the one who really introduced me to the the, the sort of the finer the finer arts of Of
2: wooing via mixtape
0: <laughs> I never did I don't think I ever actually did, I that. did not I do that I don't think I ever no. made a mixtape uh, for uh for a girl I fancied I don't think I Oh god I, 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 did, I did, it did more times than I can possibly count Really Oh yes I just really? made oh, mixtapes yes. I just made mixtapes for the car I yeah, made mixtapes yeah. for my friends But and, also you know, like if you're
1: in the car with your friends and you know there's going to be judgment so you had to you still had to put a lot of thought into
0: it <laughs> Oh yeah So what what Dave introduced to me was the concept of um Using comedy sp- sketches in between the songs, mm, so we would the? take we would take Monty Python as well, and so sometimes you'd have a Monty Python sketch. So a song would finish, then a Monty Python sketch would come in, and then the Monty Python sketch would finish like dead stop. It would come to a dead stop, and then you would go right now. I'm going to bring in Crosstown Traffic by Jimi Hendrix, and then th- that would be how you would do it. So th- this is what, what we're doing here. Basically, is we're making a big old mixtape, and so Boss Level has finished. And then I think we want something a little bit more sedate, which Mm. is the map of Tiny Perfect Things.
1: Okay, okay.
0: So we've got boss level, the map of Tiny Perfect Things. Mm. This is getting tricky now, guys. What do you go for after map of Tiny Perfect Things? Do we split the death days up? Do we drop in a death day? You want to do them back to back? Yeah. Gotta do them back to back. Okay, all right. Uh, Here's my suggestion. Here's my suggestion. Palm Springs following map of Tiny Perfect Things because there Mm. there are thematic and stylistic similarities. Okay. Then you drop in both... Happy Death Days. Okay. After that, yeah. Then Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. And then end on Groundhog Day. And then Groundhog Day. Day.
1: I like it. Let's that do that. That works for me. Yeah.
0: Yes. Well, that was much quicker than I expected.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or do you start with Edge of Tomorrow, then move no. into Live, Die Repeat, and then have all you need is Kill
0: at the end? I don't know. Whichever you prefer.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do those three
0: yeah and we have to watch groundhog day 14 times in the loop <laughs> itself so then ground but oh but here's the thing so groundhog day then because you're watching it in a loop mm. is then followed by boss level are we happy with that
1: yeah that's again it's a stylistic because shift the
0: end is the beginning is the end so it is a loop okay So a groundhog day but are we happy with gra- are we happy with edge of repeat following both the happy death days <laughs> yeah yeah i think so i think so. yeah
1: yeah, I think okay. they're different enough, even though there's you know, there's a bit of action and pace to both of them. I, I, I don't feel like there's too much uh, repetition or echo there, ironically, given the subject.
0: Yeah. Amazing stuff. Right. Okay. Well, we're done. Well, hey. That was quick and painless-ish.
1: <laughs> First time for everything. First
0: time for everything. Uh, so we're starting Boss Level, mm-hmm. Map of Tiny Perfect Things, Palm Springs, Happy Death Day, Happy Death Day to You. Happy Death Day to you. Happy Death Day, day, day thingy. Uh, <laughs> then Palm, of, no. Then Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then Groundhog Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then Boss Level. Mm. Yeah. Then the Map of Tiny Perfect Things. Yes. I think we got then it. Then Palm Springs. Then Happy Death Day. Then Happy Death Day to you. <laughs> then Edge of Tomorrow. Then Groundhog Day. Then this boss is like level, that song about the sausage. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Have you, have you heard that song about the dog that steals the sausage?
0: Um, no. It's, a, it's,
1: it's also a loop. It's a loop song. You know, I heard this. I'm not going to sing it. I is this is like the Ghost it, no?
0: that I'm no, no, King no. Henry
2: the first, Eighth I Am, King Henry the Eighth I Am, I Am. Remember? Second, sand first. Sand Second first,
0: same as the first. Yeah, exactly. It's like first. Yeah.
2: Same as the first. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's basically that. Anyway, I think on that note, we should bring uh, our misery and everyone else's misery (laughs) to a conclusion, uh, because that is it for this very, very special edition of the Empire Podcast, uh, the greatest time loop movies of all time, brackets, loop. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Don't forget, of course, the regular Empire Podcast is available every Friday. Great guests, great movie chat, and a bunch of giggling idiots can't say fairer than that. Do subscribe as well to our Spoiler Special channel. If you haven't already, it's just 2.99 a month or 32.99 for a year's subscription. There are almost 200 spoiler specials in there. Our 200 spoiler special is just around the corner. Incredible interviews with some of the best directors in the world and yes, also a bunch of giggling idiots. Still can't say fairer than that. But until then, until we meet again, until that auspicious occasion, it is goodbye from my two time loop colleagues of such a lethal cunning, Helen death day. You'll never guess who it is. It's Helen O'Hara. Toodaloo. And it's goodbye from Dormammu, I've come to bargain, James Dyer. Hello, Chris. See, because that's, that's like, I'm that's very good things, James. Like, it's that's very, that's that's funny, James. very clever. That's very, very, very clever indeed. <laughs> <laughs> And it's goodbye uh, for me, Snooker Loopy, because that's the greatest loop of all. Do you know Snooker Loopy? What we do with a load of balls and a snooker cue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> snooker Loopy, nuts Just are Dave. we. Me and you and them and me. Pot the reds and screw back for the yellow, green, brown, uh, blue, pink and black. Snooker Loopy, nuts are we. What is we're happening? All snooker you know the more lyrics to that than anyone genuinely should. It was released as a single, wasn't it? It was a single. It did hmm. very, very well on the charts. Okay. Anyway, on that note, it is also goodbye from me. Uh, I am off now to punch Stephen Topolowski in the face. Nothing personal, Stephen. We love you and your work. Sneakers? Yes, please. However, I've got a sneaking suspicion it's my only way out this time loop, so I'm going to try and take it. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Bing! I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to a very special edition of the Empire podcast Time Loops Love them or hate them you can't ignore them Damn it I said ignore not ignore That's stupid <laughs> Time Loops Love them or hate him, you can't ignore Oh I said hate